0: Hi there, welcome back to 4th and Infinity. It is our second episode, technically episode one, because it's the first week of the NFL season that we're recapping, which is the whole theme of the show, is that we're going to be a weekly season recap. Our debut episode, which, thank you all for listening to it if you did, was a preview of the upcoming season, and we are now in that season officially. Week one of the 2022 NFL season has just wrapped. We're going to be talking about recaps of all the games that happened, some of the news that came as a result. We'll go into fantasy. We'll look forward to what's uh, coming in the next week as far as football goes. So I will introduce, reintroduce, I should say, everybody who was here with me last week. My
1: three co-hosts. First off, Bobby, what's up? Can we just stop football for right now? Like, I feel like my week was enough. (laughs) Your whole week? You know. My yeah, fantasy regular. I'll, I'll just watch Michigan State. <laughs> I think I'm done.
0: Yeah, we had uh, varying levels of uh, success in our as far as our own teams went, and as far as our fantasy exploits went. Uh, we'll be discussing that as we go. Also here with us is Jay. How you doing over there, Jay?
2: Red Zone is all I need in life. That end of the morning window, Red Zone was truly incredible. Mm. What do
0: you do the other eight months out of the year when you don't have Red Zone? Uh, just watch Red Zone highlights. <laughs> just watch. Hour long highlight packages. <laughs> hey I do that I do that a lot in the off season. I watch Chiefs highlights from twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Uh, also with us is Arcadio. How you doing over there, Arcadia? I'm doing all right. San Jose State covered against Auburn, so I'm a happy camper. Hey, we'd love to see it. Speaking of covering, we'll go into my betting escapades as well as we get uh, to our recap because I decided because betting is legal in Kansas that I was going to finally start putting some bets down. So I had mixed success as far as that goes. We can get into that as we go as it pertains to the specific games that we're going to talk about. So the actual format of this show, since this is our first proper episode, is that as the name would suggest, we have four downs that we're going to be going into for each section of the show. So our first down is going to be the game recap. So we're going to recap. Most of the major games that happened over the course of the weekend, the ones involving our teams, the primetime games, and then anything else that we feel like is notable to mention along the way. So we're going to recap the first game that we talked about last week on our preview episode, which was the first game of the season, which was the defending champion Rams facing the Buffalo Bills on Thursday Night Football. Not yet on Prime Video. This was NBC getting their usual two games in the first week. Prime Video debuts this Thursday with the Chiefs and the Chargers. But this was our first game. It's the Rams at home at SoFi hosting the Bills. And uh, we were split down the middle in terms of our predictions for this game. Arcadio, you and I had the Rams winning. Uh, Jay and Bobby had the Bills winning. And uh, it did not go our way, Arcadio. No, no, uh, the Rams didn't look very good. They really did not. And that's a theme, uh, as we'll get into throughout. Throughout week one, you'll get a lot of hyperbole from a lot of people where teams looked really good. Some teams looked really good, a lot of teams looked really bad, at least compared to what your expectations were entering this season. So that creates a lot of doom and gloom and a lot of unfounded hype with a lot of teams. And I think, we'll uh, get into this game specifically, but I think Rams fans, or just anybody who thinks the Rams aren't going to be good this year, should probably calm down just a little bit. To be fair, they were facing who we pretty much unanimously agreed last week was... The best team in the league, at least on paper, heading into the season, and uh, they proved to be that. The Buffalo Bills did this week.
1: Yeah, and two of you, you know, decided to not pick the team we dubbed the best team in the league. So that's on you guys. I
0: mean, they can't win every game, Bobby. Yeah, I mean, we didn't say they were going go to give. Uh, I guess it would they be twenty and 0, zero this time. The seventeen and zero. Yeah, Bills. they're not going to yeah. go twenty and zero on the season. I, I would, I didn't pick that. True. I think, I think I called for them to be that Week One team that had kind of a disappointing showing that people would say, "Oh, are they not good anymore?" and uh it was the exact opposite for the bills that happened to a couple other teams that we'll get into but yeah this was a pretty dominant performance from the bills the rams had flashes but they just seemed especially disjointed on offense they as i feel like i always see when i watch the rams play they had no idea what they were doing as far as running the ball went and even when stafford was throwing it just felt like the targets weren't there for a lot of people like i had alan robinson for example on my fantasy team and he barely got involved i think he had two targets throughout the entire game i think he had one actual catch for like 12 yards and he was someone who people were excited to see because he felt, it felt like to a lot of people he was missing out on some of his potential as a Bear, and he went to a team that was a lot more pass-heavy with a lot better offense, and at least first impression was not great for him, but the first impression for that whole Rams team was not great, at least on offense.
1: Yeah, and as someone who's watched Stafford for many years here in Detroit, uh, something just looked off. Like, I was not too worried about that elbow that they were talking about, um, and it was revealed that he had um, a surgery. Um, But that he feels good, but he was uh, floating some balls and couldn't, and they didn't really go deep, which is rare for Stafford. I mean, at least McVay tends to try to take a few shots far downfield because Stafford's got a gun and they never really did. He threw to cup pretty much you know consistently Mm -hmm. him and Higby over the middle and that was kind of it and that's that's very weird for Stafford so I'm curious to see how that develops or if it was just because the Bills were getting so much pressure that that's kind of all they could do but it definitely looked off as someone who's watched Stafford for a long time yeah
0: and just as someone who watched them throughout the last season especially in the home stretch of that season they were in such a rhythm offensively and there that was just totally gone to be fair the Bills are one of the best defenses in the league they have been for at least a couple years now but I, I still expected more from the Rams offense I will definitely say that
1: Yeah, their line needs to step it up.
2: Yeah, I was going to say their offensive line looked real rough, and I would not want to be in the uh, NFC West gauntlet with that offensive Mm -hmm. line, and and in general, like around the league, like pass rush is one of the strong suits of a lot of teams, so having a really weak left tackle is not going to be a fun day for Stafford.
0: Yeah, and speaking of that pass rush, uh, Von Miller was in his first game as a Bill after he left the Rams after their Super Bowl win last year, and... I can't remember, did he get two sacks in that game? I feel like he was on Stafford throughout the entire game, but I think he...
1: He was consistently in there. Yeah,
0: I think he got two official sacks. I'd have to actually check the box score for that. But he was, I felt like I kept hearing his name throughout the game. Yes, he had two sacks. Two sacks. Thank you, thank you. You saved me a lot of research.
1: Yeah, I was about, I was (laughs) trying to check as well.
0: Uh, Look at us, everybody doing the work. We love to see it. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a fairly dominant performance from the Bills. At least at halftime, it felt like the Rams were starting to swing momentum back in their direction, and the second half just was all Bills again. So Josh Allen, a fantastic performance, as we would all expect from him at this point. The whole Bills offense looked in sync. They looked, they looked like mm-hmm. they were on fire the entire game. I expected a better defensive performance from the Rams. I think when I predicted this game, I took the under- because I was expecting more of a defensive struggle. And I still think the game overall got the under. I think the under was like 53 and a half, I want to say. So I believe it still got the under, but it was not for the reasons I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, 10-10 at half, I was like, oh, I mean, it's kind of a scrappy game. They had some very strange turnovers. Uh, the Bills, like a kind of fluky interception, fumble on the first carry for Cook. So it was sloppy, but it looked like they were going to dominate. The fact that they came out in the second half and just kind of cleaned that up and just kept going and dominated is pretty impressive because they could have felt like you know this is kind of unraveling a bit like we should be winning and we're not Mm -hmm.
0: yeah they shut them down in the second half yeah they they Mm -hmm. went scoreless in the second half the rams did the bills ended up winning 31 to 10 so not the best game in terms of a competitive you know a competitive shootout like some people hoped it would be but it was a pretty good first impression for the Bills and a pretty sad first impression for the Rams as would be a theme throughout the uh, for the NFC West throughout this first weekend here so we'll get to those games a little bit later so the next primetime game we had would be the Sunday Night Football game uh, so we're going to be skipping around a little bit cuz we're going to get back to our teams after this uh so the Sunday Night Football game was two teams that we all agreed are not we're, we're not particularly fans of either of these teams it was the Bucks facing the Cowboys the Cowboys played host to the Bucks in Arlington and uh it did not go the cowboys way this one it was this game as a whole was boring as hell i'll say that the cowboys i think only got 3 points throughout that entire game there was yeah. not much going on on the offense not much good happening there for the cowboys and the bucks uh they had four field goals and one touchdown they did just enough like they got at least into field goal range consistently and that was that scoring was all they needed in this game tom brady looked fine uh it didn't look like he was washed it didn't look, look like the bucks offense was Terribly out of sync or anything, but they didn't have to be too good to beat the Cowboys this this week.
1: No, I mean Brady. I, th- I think he looked okay. Yeah. I mean he he didn't look bad, but he he missed some throws. You know, looked a little shaky under pressure. But I mean, it's Brady. He'll get there. Like you said, they did just enough. I mean, they they drove the ball. They scored. You know, four field goals is means they were taking the ball pretty and they were getting it pretty deep. It wasn't like long field mm-hmm. goals. So th- I think they'll get into sync.
3: Dallas's offensive line looked like it was in shambles. They couldn't really run very well. They couldn't pass protect very well. They got, they got a lot of injuries on that line as it is. They, my Super Bowl uh,
0: pick is not looking too good right oh, now. Oh, I forgot that was your Super Bowl pick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What a, what a great pick. What a great pick. Sorry. Uh, Very yeah. sorry to you, Arcadio, but I find it even less likely given what happened near the end of this game when Dak Prescott hurt his hand and immediately got surgery on it on Monday. I think he'll be out six to eight weeks mm-hmm. was the prognosis I saw. Something yep. like that. Yep.
1: Yeah, he will be, be out. Uh, when he fa- when they face the Lions, so.
0: hey, there you go. Maybe maybe yep. an easy win.
1: Maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll see. we'll see. Let's see what Cooper Rush does against their defense.
0: Yeah, the outlook is not good for the Cowboys, and it wasn't good before Dak went down either. So curious to see how that season goes for them.
1: Dak was fourteen of twenty nine for one hundred thirty four yards and a pick. It was not. It was it was ugly before he even got hurt. Yeah,
0: it was not pretty. This was one of the games that I actually put some bets down on. I got a little ambitious. I. I think I called for Dak to do 280 and two touchdowns and Brady to do 230 and one touchdown. And I got one touchdown from Brady. Actually, no, I think I called for maybe two touchdowns from Brady. Either way, I did not get my money because Dak underperformed tremendously. And Brady, I don't think he got the yardage for it. Uh, He got one touchdown pass, I believe. No,
1: he had he had 212 Mm. yards.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that that did not go well for me. I I expected that game to be a bit more high scoring than it was, at least a little bit, because I remember their opening night game last year was actually pretty good. But yeah, the Bucs, I mean, they don't look perfect yet. I assume they'll gel more as the season goes on, but the Cowboys are just in shambles. So we'll see how things go for both of those teams. I expect it will be business as usual in Tampa. Uh, we do have some off-the-field stuff happening with Tom Brady, but it seems like uh, when he's on the field, that's when he's still at his best and at his happiest in life. So I feel like it won't affect his actual on-field performance too greatly because I feel like that's where he really wants to be right now. Yeah,
1: Definitely um i I think they're gonna be fine i never want to bet against brady but i would say i'm not confident they'll be the team you know to make it to the super bowl in the nfc but i think they'll be fine i think they'll make the playoffs
0: yeah that much i'm not too concerned about with them and it's a fairly jones looked pretty good jones did look pretty good he looked he was moving better than i've seen him move in years he seemed a bit rejuvenated he's the broken toy that the bucks like to pick up every year he's their broken toy this year Mm -hmm. so (laughs) we'll see we'll see how how things go for him he could I could very easily see him winning comeback player of the year
1: yeah I would say Fournette surprised me I mean he had a good year last year but there was a lot of doubt I I would feel like it seems like coming into this year a lot of people were like kind of fading him in fantasy Mm. um kind of scared of him and he was pretty dominant I'd say 21 carries 127 yards and had a couple catches like it's pretty good I think the run game's just fine yeah I'm I'm with you there I didn't really
0: have any concern about Fournette I feel like Felt like he was a safe, pretty safe fantasy pick.
1: Yeah, I just heard a lot of people talking about it, so I was like, I don't know what people were thinking. Like he was on my teams last year and yeah. great. It, it hasn't changed. It,
3: it just never feels good to take Leonard Fournette. You know, I know there's something weird it's, about it's it. Like I think Leonard.
0: I, I think I took him his rookie year when he was a pick. Well, it's first. years of yeah. years
1: of you know supposed to be this you know he's top five pick for Jacksonville and he was just okay, but he's on a good team now. Yeah.
0: I remember I took him his rookie year and he, like, led me to a championship in fantasy, I think, because he was so good his rookie year.
2: Yeah, I took him, I took him when he was still, like, early on when he was on the Jags, the first or second season. And, like, he did a ton then and then immediately started to underperform. Yeah. Then now he's, like, on a good team again and things are good for him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so a pretty uh, pretty dominant performance by the Bucs, even though, like I said, they didn't have to do much to beat this
1: Cowboys team on this night. And I believe we all picked Tampa.
0: Yeah, so we got this one right. Uh, That's another thing I don't think we mentioned yet is that what we're going to do, rather than pick every single game from every single team over these 17 weeks, we're going to do our picks for every primetime game. So that'll be the Thursday night, the Sunday night, and the Monday night, and... Week two, we'll have two Monday night games for whatever weird reason that they're going to be happening simultaneously, so we'll make the two picks for that Monday night, but otherwise we'll just pick the Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night. Speaking of Monday night football, we'll go to that one next. So the uh, last primetime game of week one, we have the Denver Broncos going to Seattle. Russell Wilson, in his first game outside of a Seattle uniform, he went right back home to Seattle, and uh, he challenged the Seahawks, who were the Seahawks, who were led by Geno Smith, and uh, this game had a bit of a surprising outcome, I think a lot of people would say. Not just in terms of the actual winner, but in terms of how the whole game itself unraveled. This is fascinating to watch. I wouldn't call it a great game. The first half, I think, was a lot of fun, genuinely. But it's just very fascinating to see how everything unfolded here. It just did not go really in any way like I feel like people expected.
3: It seemed like Denver had control of the game like the whole time. Mm -hmm. But fumbling the ball at the goal line twice made this a lot closer for Seattle than it should have been. And of course we know what happened.
1: Well, if they had just kicked the field goals when they were in the red zone, like at the goal line, they would have won the game. Went for it. Was it twice on fourth down? I think that's the the right call though.
3: I think that's the right call. Yeah. I I think you go for it at the one
1: at the one, but I mean, it it gets to a point in a game like this where you just need to take some points. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they didn't do that when they should have maybe that first time, uh, going for it, but I, I feel like at some point you just got to take something uh, When the offense was kind of struggling. I mean like Wilson had a lot Wasn't of yards one of the fumbles but, on third uh, I don't know but they definitely went forward and fourth a couple times. I believe
2: Oh, I think like Nathaniel Hackett's lack of coaching experience definitely started to show when he Was making decisions towards the like down in the red zone and towards the end of the game and the fact yeah. that like a Russell Wilson led offense can't punch it into the end zone when like we've seen him punch it into the end zone so many times from that point and especially with like a pretty solid wide receiving core like to to not get anything whether you were throwing the ball uh, or running the ball and then when your running backs just fumble the ball like it just was a mess at the at the the goal line and and I I mean I think I put that a lot on the coaching staff of course like running back should protect the ball but there's something to say about what plays you decide to run and, and how you decide to run the plays and the whole game the offense just looked completely out of sync and like couldn't handle the crowd noise when like it's Wilson in oh, yeah. the stadium that he knows so well, mm-hmm. and he couldn't—he couldn't deal with the crowd noise. There were
3: quite a few delay of
0: game penalties, weren't there? Yeah, down the stretch. I was gonna yeah. say you say the whole the game end. they looked out of sync. I think they looked good in the first half overall, and in some of the third quarter. I feel like it was down the stretch that it started affecting them. I feel like those delay of games all happened like in the last, in, maybe in the fourth quarter, or maybe one of them yeah. was in the late third quarter. But I feel like toward the end of the game, the Broncos started really falling apart.
1: Well, towards the end of the game, it was definitely very mismanaged on the coaching staff's part yes um, for sure definitely the very end of the game i mean there's no question about mm-hmm. that just trying to go for that 64 what was it 64 yards. 64 goal, 65 whatever it I think was. 65 64. um instead of just going for it like that that blows my mind yeah um yeah but, i
3: mean you just gave this guy what 250 million dollars and you can't trust yeah. him with a fourth and five in crunch time
1: very clearly the wrong call oh yeah yeah letting 40 seconds horrendous. just totally burn
0: like the whole psychology of that is mm-hmm. was just completely yeah. off cuz like they have the they have the 1 point lead over you anyway so like if they get the ball back the game's over doesn't matter if there's a minute left or if there's 10 seconds left from your perspective you need to actually conserve as much time as you can in case things don't go your way so you can get down the like give yourself as much time as possible to get down the field for a field goal but yeah they decided to do what they did they didn't trust yeah. didn't trust that offense in the very first game of the season with a quarterback they paid a lot of money for and gave up a lot of assets to acquire even even if they just kicked on the very next play, that would be like a 58-yarder as opposed to a 64-yarder. So it's like, that seems much more manageable. But Oh, for sure. Yeah, but it didn't go that way. Mm-hmm. They decided to let 40 seconds burn off the clock, then call timeout, even though they had at least two of them. And then they decided to try that field goal, and it did not go their way. So the Seahawks ended up winning this game. The surprise, I think, to a lot of people was how well Geno Smith played in the first half. Yeah. He didn't. I don't think the Seahawks scored anything in the second half. I they didn't do much on offense in the second half. But he had a fantastic first half.
1: Yeah, he hasn't looked that good since West Virginia. No, I yep. mean he he was making some great throws. He was making some lucky throws for one. He threw across his body, like yeah. lobbed one up there, and and made, got a completion. But he was, I mean, he was taking some risks, but at the same time, he was mostly pretty smart.
3: I'd say that was his best game as a pro that I can remember. Yeah, probably.
1: He had he had a great. I think half again is like a as a not with the Jets but before
3: I think it was both just Jets and Seahawks wasn't it?
1: But then maybe it was like one start with the Seahawks or something or it was like he came back as the starter for the Jets one game or something but I remember him having a a, a decent game one other time but then he threw picks at the end to lose it. Um so he's shown flashes like this so we'll see if it can continue but I mean that was a that was an impressive half against a team that they should not have beaten.
0: Yeah, I mean that was definitely an impressive performance again, especially the first half. The Broncos defense sort of, they got their shit together in the second half, but the offense didn't do enough, and they weren't given the chance to do enough in a lot of situations as well. I think, like you said, it was a bad first impression for Hackett as a coach, and I saw a couple tweets say, if he were fired tonight, I would not be mad about it whatsoever, and I oh, honestly wow. don't don't blame them. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, that's a bit of an overreaction.
3: Definitely didn't seem like a guy with a plan.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, didn't I mean, do a
3: lot to foster any
0: faith
1: i think the best part of this game was the memes that came afterwards oh yeah <laughs> the
0: memes were fantastic
1: there were some pretty great ones
0: the group chat was on fire last night great memes but yeah and overall a decent game especially the first half but yeah with us yep. definitely a surprising outcome uh we all picked the broncos i believe so yep. uh we officially that one. yeah officially bobby you're going to spreadsheet this as the season goes but our standings as yep. of this week arcadia and i are one and two bobby and jay are two and one in the primetime predictions so, we will be monitoring that every week and we'll keep you guys
1: updated. We can figure this out uh, offline if you want, but I feel like we need some kind of bet. A prize? Uh, for yeah, bet, the and best Best record. Some type of prize, you know, hmm. either winner and loser or whatever um, for these primetime games. So,
3: we're open to suggestions.
1: Yeah. 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 If anyone has any ideas, shoot it out, let us know. Yeah. But I think that could be fun.
0: Yeah. I have a bet going with my best friend and who's going to win the NFC North, and the prize of the bet is literally nothing because we've made bets in the past and I've lost most of them and I've never actually done what the like the goal of the bet was. Hmm. Like I owe him like three Chinese food dinners from bad box office predictions and the Oscar predictions over the years huh. so that have never happened. But uh yeah, I digress. The uh the Vikings are not winning the NFC North, Jacob, I'm sorry. Uh moving on uh to the other major games that happened throughout the league. We'll get to our teams last. Couple games I want to bring up. We almost had two ties this opening weekend. Very nearly had two ties. We did have one tie, which was the Colts and the Texans, which ended 20-20. to And it's actually surprising that game turned out the way it did for a couple reasons. A, the Texans had a pretty big lead. I think they were up 20-3, to and then the Colts made a comeback and then mm-hmm. ended up tying it up. We all thought the Colts would be pretty good, and they eventually got things together in the second half and in overtime. I didn't see any of this game, so I don't really have any details beyond what I saw happening on the ticker as the scoreboard changed, but... Uh, yeah, that game ended in a tie. A game that I did watch in the first slate of games was the Bengals and the Steelers. And this was another game that did not go exactly how anybody, I think, thought it would go. Four interceptions for Joe Burrow was uh, quite, a, quite a shock, I would say.
1: That and missed kicks for the story.
0: Yeah, the missed kicks. Long snapper is the most underappreciated position in all of football, folks.
1: Well, that entire operation. I mean, if you take one person out, then it completely changes it. Like, you have to snap perfectly and get the laces at a certain point so that the holder can do what he does and get it down and you know it's not all just the kicker so you can see just taking that long snapper out what how it really affected that entire operation it was just a mess
0: yeah yeah it was it was an absolute mess and of course the one time that the snap or i guess no the snap didn't seem to be okay that's why the field goal got blocked near the end of regulation or in overtime whatever it was but yeah i don't think any of this was uh, the bengal's kicker's fault What's his name, mcpherson Shooter McPherson. Evan McPherson, there you go.
2: Evan McPherson, or Money McPherson. He has, like, three names.
0: He does, okay. Yeah, I don't blame him for the Bengals' woes in this game. I blame uh, the offense's performance for the fact that uh, a game that should not have been that competitive was that competitive down the stretch because that's four. I think there's also a Bengals fumble. I'm not sure, but that's at least four turnovers that the Bengals had. And if they had got, scored on any one of those possessions, yeah. they would have won the game because it went to overtime. Fumbled, yeah. Burrow fumbled. Burrow had, right.
1: he, yeah, he had one lost fumble, so he had five turnovers.
0: Yeah, and it still went to the very final seconds of overtime for the Steelers to get that field goal to win. So a hell of a game. That was Fantastic! That was incredibly fun to see unfold in real time. I actually missed the end of that game because my CBS coverage was contractually obligated to switch to the beginning of the Chiefs game, and the game was the Bengals game was taking so long that I missed the last like five minutes of overtime, all the drama I had to see unfold within the group chat. But yeah, just a hilarious game. And as far as the Steelers go, Trubisky looked okay. They didn't look that bad on offense or on defense for that matter. Uh, unfortunate for them, that TJ Watt will be out with a, at least a partially torn peck That apparently he's going to let heal naturally and should be out like another 6 to 8 weeks in the same time table as Dak I think. Yep. Yeah, I don't know about that, but we'll see how we'll see how he feels when he comes back. I did see him walking off the field mouthing. I think I tore my pack and I'm like, "Oh, he's done for the year." Like for sure. Yeah,
1: you you reported that in the group chat well before. Uh it was reported by yeah. whoever did Shafter someone on on uh Twitter.
0: Yeah, I read his lips. I'm like, that ha- Like, that has to be what he said, because the way he was holding his sternum and his shoulder was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely something is fucked up in that general region. And it was a torn pec. Not as bad as it could be. I saw a couple months ago a wrestler who had a uh, Cody Rhodes who had a fully torn pec, and he decided to wrestle a match with it. And the bruising went literally all the way down his upper body. So Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the pain of even a partially torn one. And uh, he he got right off the field, like right off the field. And he knew exactly what has happened to his body. But yeah, we'll see how he plays if and when he actually comes back this year. We'll see. We'll see how his recovery goes, but yeah, Steelers looked okay. I mean, Mike Tomlin one of the craziest stats of all time. He's never coached a losing season at, in That's the fourteen insane. years that he's been a coach. Yeah, this is fifteenth season, I believe, or sixteenth. I'm not sure. I think it's sixteenth actually. But yeah, hell of a record for him, and not a bad start to their season. Even though it took a lot of mistakes from the Bengals for this to happen.
3: Oh yeah, the the Bengals Bengals lost the game more than the Steelers wanted. I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. You take
0: advantage of the opportunities that are handed to you.
1: Yeah, and. I think Trubisky was serviceable. He was fine. And I think that's on Tomlin, just putting him in the right situation to not mess up the game for the most part, because they couldn't run the ball. Neither team really ran the ball particularly well. Um, I think Mixon had uh, 80 something yards, but like 20 something carries like he, it was like two or three, two point something or three yards a carry. Um, And Pittsburgh had hardly anything. So, you know, Trubisky was able to move the ball decently and, and not turn it over and you know just kind of keep him in the game he managed the game he was a game
0: manager in this particular game he didn't need to be anything more than that because of the mistakes the Bengals are making on the other side of the ball yeah this is another week one hyperbole I think I think the Bengals will be just fine I think they'll get that stuff figured out uh T Higgins got taken out with a concussion so uh he was uh we'll talk we didn't talk about our fantasy teams for our own discord league discord league yet uh as far as who we drafted because we hadn't done the draft yet but T. Higgins and Alan Robinson were my top two wide receiver draft picks, and they combined to get me six point nine points. Uh one of them nice. just Yes, nice. One of them got two point two from uh just getting targeted twice throughout the whole game. The other got four point seven and they got taken out with a concussion in the second quarter. All the people I drafted for my flex positions, they've well outperformed my two top wide receiver draft picks in our league, so that's disappointing. Uh, Hopefully T. Higgins is back shortly for my sake, if nothing else, and obviously for his own sake, because I don't want anybody to be out with a concussion. That's nasty stuff. But yeah, that will do it for the Bengals and Steelers game. Uh, We'll move on to what happened with our teams. This will cover most of the rest of what happened, I think, most of the major stuff that happened throughout the league. So on our Google Doc here, we have the most important game first, which is the Detroit Lions facing (laughs) the Philadelphia Eagles. Take it away, Bobby.
1: This looked very familiar. (laughs) Um, So... Most of last year, it seemed like, and especially this looked like week one of last year against San Francisco, where we fell behind pretty big um, and then made a kind of faux comeback. But, you know, they looked better, I think, than I expected them to on offense. And on defense, they were very, very poor. Um, Aiden Hutchinson had a very disappointing uh, debut, I think. I mean, he had a couple pressures, but he lost contain on every single one of them. Um, so he has a lot to learn, especially against a mobile quarterback and he just tried to bull rush everyone and couldn't get by. He needs to learn another, another move. So definitely some disappointing things, but I mean, look, they, they were definitely competitive again. Uh, Dan Campbell made a few mistakes. Um, I don't like that. He went for an onside kick when it was 31, 21, he's done that a few times and it just seems kind of desperate. Um, and I don't love that move. Um, and also time management is just not great. So I am looking for improvement, but at the same time, I'm happy. They were competitive. They got blown out by the Eagles last year. I was actually at that game. Um, and that was probably the worst game they played all, all season. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes there. They face the commanders next week. So I think that gives us a better chance against Wentz as far as getting to the quarterback and see if the defense can do a little bit of a better job, but there are definitely some bright spots. Deandre Swift was fantastic. He needs the ball more, but he, you know, he was uh, 15 carries for 144 yards and a touchdown and, and had Same a long beard. 50 yard run. So, you know, the split between him and Williams was 15 to 11 and Williams had 11 rushes for 28 yards. So I think we need to give Swift the ball just a little bit more um, if we can trust him to stay healthy. And, you know, Goff was okay. He wasn't great, but he was okay. There's some drops in there. So I'm encouraged by a few things but i don't like seeing some of the same mistake same mistakes we made all of last year i was hoping that mm-hmm. would be cleaned up by now so hurts looked fine he made some great throws like clutch throws but overall i mean he was about 50 percent passing it wasn't fantastic um, but then he rushed the ball for 90 yards or whatever so um, yeah
0: i was about to mention that because you and i faced each other in fantasy so i had hurts against me he yeah. got 24.7 points and that's without a passing touchdown he threw for 243 no touchdowns but he had 90 rushing yards and a touchdown yeah so if you get a good rushing quarterback that's kind of a killer in fantasy at this particular oh, yeah. point oh yeah just because yeah just because the value of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns obviously yeah
1: and he and, and honestly like it, a lot of it was a strategy thing where i think there was a better way to contain him and the edges just completely lost it and didn't keep him in the pocket um they just kind of over rushed every time So anytime, especially late in the game, when we needed some stops, he was able to just kind of escape the pressure step up and it was wide open in front of him. So he took advantage and he's a good runner. So, you know, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. So moving on to the next game, Jay, this, this one is your turn to take over because we had in a very, very, very rainy soldier field. We had the Chicago Bears hosting your San Francisco 49ers, a game that I also watched at the 12 o'clock hour, the first slate of games. So I can comment on this one with you, but I'll let you take the floor.
2: Uh what a uh, God. That was a mess. Literally. <laughs> Literally. I mean, I think Literally. like uh like the rain didn't help, the just lack of preparedness on defense, just the inability, and this is something we knew going into the game from a Niner's perspective, was like our offensive line was just not uh the interior of our offensive line are all new people and uh, all the guys are kind of rough uh, they're not super great offensive linemen so we knew that was going to be a, a problem and then we lost george kittle to an injury before the season even started so we were already down probably one of the, the best like uh players we could have had in in passing and passing downs and he really like sets the complexion of the offense so without him the offense looks much worse uh, in my opinion and so and then our running backs didn't do anything on offense and so we have a not working offensive line you have running backs that can't run. You have a rookie quarterback who's making rookie quarterback mistakes or a first-year quarterback making first-year quarterback mistakes. Uh, just uh, surmounts to just a lot of a lot of nothingness. And then Shanahan decides that uh, 10 points is enough points and to not be aggressive uh, to get more points. And, you know, it might have been enough points. If now we go to the defensive side of the ball where Uh, Early in the game and throughout the game, like uh, the defense had moments where they looked stellar. Uh, Talanoa Hufanga, in particular, the the new safety or safety we had last year, but who's um, playing a lot more now, like looked uh, phenomenal. He was all over the ball, but they continued to make tons of mistakes. They had, I think, thirteen or fourteen penalties uh, in the whole game, and that's obviously way too many penalties. And a lot of them came on third down, giving giving free downs. There was like one mate, like one major blown coverage that gave the first touchdown. And then once that touchdown got going, the, the Bears started getting rhythm. And then by the time the 49ers tried to come back, the rain kicked in. So it's all around a mess of a game. Uh, very disappointed in the team. Hopefully they come back and look better next week. I think yeah. Arcadio has Trey Lance takes fire away.
3: No, I, I was just going to say, I think a lot of what happened in this game, you can kind of chuck out the window just because of the weather. It wasn't a very good first impression of the offense of course but again it, it's hard to do really anything productive with that kind of rain coming down like no no real grip on the ball and everything so i mean i i, I if i'm a 49ers fan i would probably don't panic it you can throw it in the can see what happens next week
1: i was because i'm disappointed because uh you gave the bears a win and i predicted they would go about three and 14 so you know <laughs> my, my prediction's not looking too great early
2: yeah, I think that the Bears the Bears have like Justin Fields is is good at the quarterback position. I think that is like my one of my main takeaways is like his scrambles and his ability to find open receivers was was pretty uh evident throughout the game. I don't think you get this much production out of him and I think that it was pretty clear for the first like first half if not almost the first three quarters of the game that they really couldn't get anything going on offense. So, I still think yeah. they're not going to do super well. I think that uh, this is a little, a little fluky, but also uh, take advantage of the situation that they had, and and that's what you're supposed to do when you're a football team.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I was I was watching this. Well, divided tension between this and the Bengals Steelers game, but. Yeah, I think I remarked like in the second quarter that it seemed like Fields felt way more comfortable, particularly in the pocket, than Lance did. And it uh, he wasn't performing like it, like, like a quarterback who was comfortable. Neither of them were, given the circumstances. Uh, but he cleaned up in... I think the third quarter was when the rain had pretty much mostly stopped. That's when the Bears started making their comeback, and they started scoring, and they got their two touchdowns in the third and fourth quarter. And then the rain kicked back in, which totally eliminated any chance of a comeback. Because I remember there was one play in particular where uh lance had to just check down i think to use check uh and he just like it was an easy check down the easiest catch i've ever seen but the rain was such that like there was no chance he was catching it and he just dropped it like there once i saw that i realized there was absolutely no chance of a comeback happening for the diners which they might have been able to pull off if the circumstances hadn't been what they were but yeah for that brief period when the weather wasn't terrible uh fields did pretty well uh he brought got his team back into the game and they had a good second half performance but yeah I don't have much faith in the Bears as an offense in particular so one of my fantasy running backs is David Montgomery and he had a great stat line of 17 carries for 26 yards that's a yard and a half per carry basically not a great showing for him hopefully he does a little bit better in other games throughout this season because he's my second running back and I would like him to be good ideally and this was not a good first impression but yeah, a game you can probably chalk up to the weather more than anything as far as ha- has, ha- how a lot of it went.
1: Yeah, the weather's a great equalizer as far as talent goes and speed because um, I think that San Francisco is a lot more dynamic. And so like Debo and even that running back uh, and everyone that they have back there and Lance running, they they should have been able to kind of break away some big plays and they just couldn't. So it became a game of just who can get the next inch. Um, yeah. And, you know, speed at that point really didn't matter. So I think if this was played on a much cleaner field, I think San Francisco wins the game. Yeah, I'm with you
2: there. I'll chip in one last thing, which is just uh, so in terms of running back core, uh, RB1, uh, Elijah Mitchell, who's going into his second season, uh, is injured. And I think he's out for a couple weeks at least. And so uh, we'll see how like six to eight, I thought. Um, yeah. Yeah, while. I think it's a while. Um, and so I we'll see how. Um, the rest of the running back room does. They drafted a running back uh, this year. Uh, they drafted a running back the previous year. So there's there's multiple running backs around who are drafted in the third round who are good. Uh, and so hopefully they get some playing time and uh, we'll see how it, it looks going in, uh, in the future. I mean, we just need a
0: strong running game and that's what sets up a Shanahan offense. Yeah, Yahoo says eight weeks of a sprained a sprint MCL for Elijah Mitchell.
2: Yeah, not so, fun. And he's we'll on my fantasy team, so
0: he is. You know. Yeah, that was uh, that was what offset T Higgins was uh, Elijah Mitchell being taken out. So moving on to our next one, a game that I have also have nothing to add about because it was happening opposite the Chiefs game and they were both CBS, so I couldn't watch this one. Uh, the Raiders and the Chargers, Arcadia. This one is your turn, buddy.
3: Yeah. So uh, I actually missed the first five ten minutes of this game because of the broadcast restrictions, like you mentioned before. Ah. Whereas. Uh, In my case, they kept the Steelers versus Bengals game on till the end because the Raiders aren't exactly a local team anymore. So I had to wait until that game was over until they switched it over to the Raiders versus the Chargers. And uh, overall, I'd say I, I was pretty frustrated because I can see the makings of a good team in there. But a couple of things... That really did them in. Like one, where that I thought Carr just got too aggressive. Like he tried to force a few too many throws. You know, there were, he threw three interceptions, but I'd say one, I I understood where he was going. He just underthrew the ball to Devontae Adams. And that's when uh, Asante Samuel came in and leaped for the interception, which I thought was pretty good. But yeah, there was a couple of reads that he made that I I didn't think he needed to try to force. Devontae Adams was really good. That that connection seemed like did they, they haven't missed a beat since college. So that I was encouraged with. But uh, when Carr wasn't throwing interceptions, he was getting sacked. And that's kind of something that I mentioned in the the introductory episode where the if there's gonna be an Achilles heel to this off to this offense to this whole team, it's gonna be the offensive line. And they were just getting manhandled all day. I think Carr got sacked six times. He rarely had time to throw. And even Colton Miller, who's our best offensive lineman, um, he was getting beat a lot too. And uh, I'd say one of the silver linings was the defense because they held the Chargers to only 24 points somehow, even though it seemed like the Chargers were moving the ball pretty well. But they contained things enough to where – Despite how bad the offense was, they still had a chance to win the game at the end. But we mentioned it all last week. We all think the Chargers were going to be a good team, and they pretty much showed that. Their pass rush is, like I said before, they were manhandling the Raiders' offensive line. Khalil Mack had like three sacks on his own, which I'm sure he was really happy about since uh, he and Carr go way back. They're really good friends. Keenan Allen, he had like 4 catches for like 66 yards in the first quarter. And I think mm-hmm. after the fourth catch he he pulled up and I think he got like a hamstring injury so he's probably going to yeah. miss a couple weeks.
1: They said at least 1 week because of the quick turnaround. I think they have an early, you know, game, but uh Yeah. Yeah, yeah they um they said at least the 1 week, but he he it doesn't seem serious.
3: Yeah. So overall, I like I said, I was I was frustrated because I thought they had a couple chances to win this game, and it just never seemed like they could stabilize. You know, it's it's the first game. I'm not too worried. We got the the Cardinals next week, and their defense doesn't look very good. So nice. Speaking transition. of the Cardinals defense,
0: yeah, yeah there we go. Uh, last game, my home turf. We got the Chiefs who went to Arizona to play the Cardinals. And this was a game that I feel like uh, I think the Chiefs were the favorites by six and a half. This was one game where I actually won by betting for, which I had the Chiefs covering the spread and a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. And uh, that happened on the very first drive of the game. The Chiefs usually defer, but they uh, they did not win the toss, so they had to take the football. And they went right down the field, and it looked like the best Chiefs offense I've ever seen in my entire life, to be honest with you. In terms of just being a well-oiled machine, everybody playing their role perfectly, everybody being in place, it felt like the best version of like what... a the most dynamic version of the chiefs offense can be because you know, in the past it's been Hill and Kelsey as by far your biggest two weapons and they would occasionally be decoys and let someone like a McCall Hartman take over for a little bit, but feels like now everybody, you know, Kelsey is still obviously their best target, but everybody has, has, almost equal opportunity to make a play on this Chiefs offense more than ever. And I feel like it's rejuvenated people like Clyde edwards helaire who had a fantastic performance, even though didn't stuff the stat sheet with yards. He got two touchdowns. He was catching more out of the backfield uh, throughout the game. And they were just incorporating everybody into this offense. Like, I feel like I didn't see the stat. Usually they always show the stat. This quarterback's thrown to such and such many receivers. I think it was at least 10 for Mahomes, who, uh, people Nine. who threw two. Nine. Okay. Yeah. Even so, it's like that is a ton of people to get involved. That's like t- at least three running backs that they that they rotate in and out between and all those receivers and tight ends. Like you think you threw a, t- a touchdown to the backup tight end, Judy Fordson, uh, in addition to all the other touchdowns. Mahomes had over 300 yards and five touchdowns in this game. And the Cardinals never really had a chance. They scored some points late in garbage time, which Bobby I'm sure is very happy about because Kyler Murray was my starting quarterback. Of and course. he was not performing well. Not performing well at all in the first half. Not, I can't even say that it didn't look like the Cardinals looked absolutely terrible out there. But they were just woefully outmatched against what the Chiefs' offense was doing in this game. Everything they did was too little, too late. Because by the first half, of the game felt basically over. I think they responded with one touchdown that made it seem kind of competitive in the first half. But the Chiefs totally pulled away. Like this was a game that had no tension at any point whatsoever for me, which I appreciate, especially at the beginning of the season. It felt really nice. And I think – I'll say this since we're talking about the last game that we're going to talk about. The Chiefs and Bills by far looked looked like the best two teams in the league as far as all-around play this weekend, uh, which is what they looked like every time they play each other in the playoffs and every time they play each other in the regular season too. Uh, so, again, not going to get into Week 1 hyperbole on either end here, but it was a very good showing for a sort of new-look Chiefs team who they have a lot of rookies on defense as well, and the defense performed very well. A lot of those guys got involved. Uh, George Karlaftis especially, uh, their first round pick, he did a lot of good stuff. Trent McDuffie, who they traded up for in the first round, he is on the IR for I think four weeks, at least four weeks, with an injury, which sucks, he didn't really get a chance to do much before he got taken out with an injury in his very first NFL game, but a very strong showing from the Chiefs, and they played the Chargers this Thursday. That should be, in theory, a more competitive game, we will see how that goes, those games are always good in the Mahomes herbert era so far, so I'm sure this will be no exception, but yeah, that was... A fun game for me. That was a fantastic showing. Much better than I would have expected, to be honest with you.
2: Nick, who we gotta we gotta talk we gotta talk uh, Chiefs kickers. Oh right, the, uh, yeah. Harrison yeah, yeah. Butker goes down, and then a
0: safety starts kicking, and he kicks well. Yeah. So Harrison Butker messed up his plant foot on his first kickoff. So after the first touchdown on the opening drive, Butker did the kickoff, and he twisted his ankle on his plant foot right as he was going in for the kick, and he went out and so of course when the Chiefs got the ball back they immediately got another touchdown so a couple weeks ago maybe even as recently as last week I saw videos of the safety that the Chiefs have named Justin Reed who was doing a lot of kicking in practice I believe at least in high school if not college he was also a kicker and I saw Bobby said like Pat McAfee had reported on this of course because of course he did yeah because kicker (laughs) yeah because kicker he's he's got a kindred spirit with all those guys but Yeah, he'd reported on it, and I'd seen reporting at least from Chiefs people about it. So I'd kind of forgotten about this, and then I was like, well, what do you do in this situation? Because, you know, with the 53-man roster or whatever the active roster is that they bring into the game, kicker is not usually factored into that. You'll have the one kicker, and you won't have a backup kicker to to fall back on. I feel like usually they turn to the punter, and that's pretty much it. This is a case where they didn't have to do that. And Justin Reid, he did really well. He made... I mean, given the circumstances, he did really well in the kickoffs, which I've sort of feared an out-of-bounds kickoff at some point. But he made one extra point, he missed the other, and then Butker came back in. It's nice to know that we have someone who's on the roster at another position that we can have as a backup kicker, because that's not a position that you can usually just have in a game. So that's sort of encouraging. Like, there's at least a fallback option that's better than just a punter. So that's cool. That was... I guess the overall story of the Chiefs this weekend—they uh—they did really well, and they showed a lot of depth in a lot of places. They don't usually have depth, including the kicker position of all places.
1: Update: Chiefs good. Chiefs good. Yes, yeah. Yes. I mean,
0: I'm not I'm not here to like I'm not here to say they're gonna fucking win the Super Bowl or anything after week one. But I mean, this is more confident than I expected to be in the a team after week one than I expected to be, which is good. I like being excited, cause. It's fun to watch and it's fun it's making me look forward to all these games because it's a murderous row of games i mean pretty much this entire year for the chiefs but the next six weeks especially i think is like really 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 tough and it starts this thursday with the chargers so we'll recap that game when we're back next week all right so moving on to i guess it's second down now this probably won't take nearly as long to get into i have that we're gonna do a little news recap here uh, so we talked about the injuries as they went. Dak Prescott, obviously, he, he's getting surgery on his hand. T.J. Watt is going to attempt to heal his partially torn peg without surgery. Uh, you have here, Jay, that Nunchi Harris got a minor injury. Uh, he won't miss any time, will he? Oh, yeah, I put that. Um, it's They if they said it's something to do with his foot. It could
3: be like a Liz Frank thing. It could be a high ankle thing. I've heard conflicting reports. But if he misses time, it'll probably just be a week or two. Mm uh those those injuries are always tricky we'll see
0: yeah yeah one one I I haven't even heard anything about it in the last two days one thing I forgot to mention about the Chiefs game was that after their first possession Mahomes fell on his left hand which is not his dominant hand not his throwing hand but he got taped up after that possession and then after the second possession he got taped up considerably more uh so I was a little concerned about that but it's been two days and I haven't heard anything about it so it seems like he's okay I'm sure it's a little sore and banged up but it sounds like he won't miss any time for it or anything jay is putting here in our discord tested in on g harris's foot injury came back negative and there is a belief that he should be good to go sunday versus the patriots there you go okay so right. should not miss any time yeah okay so a couple new stories i wanted to mention uh one thing that happened i don't remember what day last week uh, i think want to say thursday maybe but the thing that i've heard every now and then about that it didn't seem like it was really getting anywhere and it, we can confirm it went nowhere at least not this season were the lamar jackson self-negotiated contract talks he did not sign an extension with the Ravens. He was trying to negotiate this all himself, and it looks like the plan is for him to play up the year, and they're going to franchise tag him after the season is what it looks to be.
1: Yeah, and, and the reports of what he turned down were a, a big contract, but he's looking for Deshaun Watson guaranteed money, Yeah, um, and the guaranteed money was only $130 or something. Was, there, there was a range that was reported, but it was mm-hmm. far behind Deshaun Watson, so... Um, I think that's why he turned it down, but I mean, who knows what could have happened with an agent when it's not he and his mom, you know, doing the negotiations, but definitely Mm -hmm. a very interesting situation to monitor as far as, you know, you, a quarterback of this quality does not usually hit the open market. So Mm -hmm. let's see how it goes.
0: Yeah. And, uh. You know since he's doing this himself and didn't get anything resolved and he didn't have an agent to do it for him this season could make or break his value in that regard so we will see how it goes for him he had a good week one i won some money from some betting on the uh, ravens jets game as well we'll see how that develops it sounds like we won't hear too much about it this season sounds like we'll there will be a lot of a uh, lot more happening with that after the season's over so we'll see how that ha- how that develops when that whenever that happens uh the other thing i mentioned here even though i feel like it didn't really get discussed at any point during the game itself uh, Ian Rappaport reported that Tom Brady was apparently retiring at the end of this year, which I think people could have predicted. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs>
3: yeah. Did you miss this? I'm, I was going to say, it's it doesn't really feel like news, does it? Because he, he almost retired last year, too.
0: Yeah, but I also, like, I'm not confident, again. So, like, when it gets reported, when it got reported, I think it was Sunday morning. I expected to hear a lot more about it. I expected it to be the beginning of, like, a season-long narrative, like, where you know this is his last year. And it's, the discussion is not like that, at least on commentary yet. And I haven't heard mm. anybody really talking about it this way otherwise. I was sort of expecting it to go that way. And it might still, um, if they start discussing it more. But I didn't really see it gain any traction beyond that story. Like just that one tweet from me and report on Sunday morning. But yeah. this is, I guess, the closest confirmation that we'll probably get as far as this goes. Um, I'll, I'll
3: believe
1: it when I see it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm, in the same boat. But it's weird to see it actually said in week one.
1: I, I believe that is his mindset right now. Yes. Yeah, I do too. It all depends on how the season ends. If if he feels like he left something on the field or he, you know, was so close and didn't quite get there or something, I, he could definitely come back. But I, I believe his plan to retire, but I don't know if yes. it'll actually happen.
0: I'm in the same boat with you. And especially because he did it and came back immediately, I am just not going to believe it until he's gone for a couple years once he actually leaves. Uh, so, again, we'll monitor that as it goes. I feel like even if it's not direct retirement discussion, I think we'll get a lot of Tom Brady controversy and stuff happening throughout this year in oh, one for form sure. or another. So that's all the news I had. Was there anything else that I missed that you guys would want to bring up from the news or the games that happened? So, Katie, okay, you want to talk Dayball?
3: Oh, yeah. the we, we didn't get into this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I missed the, that. The first down. But uh, one of the surprising teams was uh, the New York Giants. They were playing the Tennessee Titans. They were down 20-13, to 13, and they scored a touchdown with four seconds left. And instead of going for the tie, going for overtime, Brian Dable decided to go for the win. It looked like Saquon was going to get tackled short of the goal line on the two-point conversion, but he powered his way through a tackle, and the Giants won the game. So my Brian Dable Coach of the Year pick is starting out pretty well.
0: I would like to personally thank Brian Dable for this because this prevented Derrick Henry from doing anything in overtime. And Bobby, spoiler alert, lost to me by less than one point in fantasy. Yeah, fuck that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If Derrick Henry had gotten 10 yards in overtime, we would be having a very different discussion right now. But overtime did not happen.
1: I was very mad that they went for two. It was... It was... (laughs) Yeah. Did did you guys see
0: that
3: run from Saquon Barkley down the sideline? Yes. I haven't seen anything from this game, to be honest with you. He... Man, he he turned the corner, turned on the Jets and wow, he he was freaking lightning. Huh. He he looks like Saquon looks he, good. He he looks almost better than he was before the ACL injury.
1: I, yeah, I haven't seen him run that fast in a long time.
3: I'm
0: watching this video
3: now.
2: Maybe the maybe the Giants found something in with Saquon and uh Not Joe. Not Dime, Danny Dimes. Dimes. Wow. Danny
1: Dimes is no, he's still bad.
3: He had a typical Danny Dimes game. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: He didn't lose them the game, but he did not win it.
0: Oh, that man's fast. Look at this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Look at that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to say he's back. I'll need him to play through a whole season without getting hurt before I say he's back. But yeah, uh, you mentioned, uh, we'll move on to our third down here, which is the fantasy recap. Uh, Jay has him down as looks like the number one running back boom of of this week. It uh, says 33.4 in a PPR league. I can't think of anybody who got even close to that from the running back side of things.
3: Yeah. yeah uh, for sure. I, I think Jonathan Taylor was up there. Okay. He was well, close he had, right around like 28.
1: Yeah. Well, well, what's insane about that is like he, he had 31 carries for 161 yards and a touchdown, and Matt Ryan threw 50 times and mm. they only scored 20 points. <laughs> like, <Wow>. that's nuts. <laughs> yeah my god so the big performer of the week was justin
0: jefferson oh yeah
1: we didn't mention that game
0: oh uh, yeah we didn't mention that game that was a game that i didn't actually watch but i did have on my computer as i was watching the Chiefs game and getting hammered off of some uh, frozen margaritas at the same time so i was not paying much attention but uh aaron rogers bad uh it's it's the week one hyperbole folks the packers are gonna be bad this year again
1: yeah they looked out of sync
0: oh yeah yeah they looked completely out of sorts I mean, Rodgers was getting visibly upset throughout that game. I was looking over, and every time I was looking over, he had just the most pissed off look on his face through his helmet, or he was just yelling on the sideline.
1: So, yeah, he was lecturing the the young receivers a lot, mm-hmm. or at least the receiving core. I mean, he, they have the the guy they drafted, uh, and then kind of a bunch of Ran- Randall like Cobb, Cobb. Baby. yeah, Randall Cobb a coming couple back, couple rookies, like, yeah, like it's a very strange Christian thing. Watson. But yeah, Watson, but they'll, they'll they'll get it together. I think. I I don't yeah. think that it's any reason to panic but uh-huh. you know they looked ugly week one last year so
0: but i mean i i was gonna say the same thing and then i'm like well week one last year it's like aaron jones i feel like was a bit better regarded than he is right now they had Devontae adams there the offense has a lot more question marks for the Packers than they did last year like with with players of that caliber like those three that that i mentioned with you know rogers and jones and Devontae adams like and a.j dylan now a.j Dillon as well yeah like, you knew they would get, get together, and they did very quickly after that. Like, this team I'm less confident in because I feel like, I mean, not to speculate too much about, like, any of them personally, but it's like I feel like they might not get on very well with Aaron Rodgers just because I feel like he's got an off-putting personality to a lot of people on that team now, if I had to guess. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that will affect mm-hmm. their chemistry as things go. I don't think it's a panic-button moment for They'd- the team or anything, but I think it'll be choppier waters than the Matt LaFleur Packers are used to maybe the team needs to see a shaman yeah maybe maybe that'll that'll sort things right out
1: but i'm curious how the vikings are going to end up being this year i mean you know the cousins is what he is he's fine and doesn't seem to be be very clutch but if justin jefferson is this big of a star i mean their offense could be insane looks like
3: looks like randy moss
1: yeah Mm. between him and dalvin cook and you know cousins is he's solid so you know he he's solid he is he is solid, <laughs> yes, as, as we've discussed of my Michigan accent, but no, he is solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I still kind of We'll see. <laughs> I said solid. Saw. Lid. saw. <laughs> That's <laughs> <Yes>. okay. <laughs> but sorry, um, sorry. No, we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm curious. I I don't I don't um I don't trust cousins, even though he is a good uh you know MSU grad, but he's done some things I don't enjoy so yeah we will uh you don't like that uh (laughs) yeah but um yeah i'm curious the nfc north is usually it's it's the packers division and i think it still is but you know what i mean yeah the vikings i think they'll they'll be second for sure it's depending on how close yeah yeah
0: i'm still feeling that way again packers they didn't look as terrible as some other teams did but they looked maybe the most lost out there of any of the teams that i saw so we will see how things go for them. Like I said, I think it'll be choppier than usual for the Packers in the Matt Lafleur era. But we'll see how things go for them. Uh, so back to fantasy. It says Mahomes and Josh Allen were the big quarterback performers. Yep, that seemed obvious. Mahomes with like three three something and five touchdowns. Allen doing a lot on the ground and having a great game. Josh Allen good. He's Josh Allen to. good. He is on your team. Mahomes, I think Kevin has Mahomes. F in the chat for JB who has Dash, Dak Prescott as his quarterback. And he does not have a backup. So we'll see who he goes Oof. at and gets him for agency. Or if he tries to trade for anybody.
3: How about how about our uh, our surprise number three quarterback on the week, who's probably available on a lot of waiver wires? Carson Wentz. Yeah. The first Washington quarterback to throw for four touchdowns in a game since twenty fifteen. Damn.
0: Who would that Who would that have been?
3: Washington good. <laughs> yeah, Washington good. Wentz elite.
0: <laughs> Burrow washed. Rodgers washed. I'm trying to think who the who the uh, Washington quarterback would have been in twenty fifteen that threw for those four touchdowns. I think that was post-RG3. Either RG3 or Alex Smith. Was it Cousins? Oh, it might have been.
1: 2015? At that point, I don't... Yeah, don't know uh, he would have been... I think no, he was still Washington then. Yeah, but I think he would have been... I don't think he was starting yet. Okay.
0: Let me, hmm.
3: let me look I, it up as we talk I, about other stuff. No, it was Cousins. Okay. It was Cousins. Okay. Yeah, because I want to say he got drafted uh, the was, same year RG3. as RG3, right?
1: He did, but I was wondering if RG3 home. was yeah. still their quarterback at that point.
0: Yeah, and I... I think that that would have been like his 4th year in the league.
2: R- RG3 was there at the beginning of the season, got injured, and okay.
0: then and then Cousins took over for the rest of the got season. Got it. Okay. Very important uh, trivia to look up right there. OJ Howard, two touchdowns on two targets. I genuinely do not know who OJ Howard is. <laughs> he's the tight end for the uh for, for the, the Bucks. Bucks. Oh, okay.
3: He Wait. was. Now he's on the Texans.
0: I was gonna say I watched this Bucks game, oh. and I don't remember that name. I I yeah. Brady oh. didn't even throw for two touchdowns.
3: Yeah, he was released uh, during training camp by the Bucks, I think. Mm. And I want to say he bounced to another team before going to the Texans. Okay. And yeah, he, he had two targets in this game and caught two touchdowns. Yeah. Davis Mills, baby. Davis Mills happens, I mean, as Jay says, every week. I don't, I don't think it's anything to, to run to the waiver wire about, but mm. eh, something to monitor.
0: Yeah. And uh, Jay also, or someone put in the group chat, Kelsey's still Kelsey. That's right. I uh, we'll, we'll get into our drafts. That's a kind of a natural segue now, uh, briefly to talk about the teams that we drafted and how our weeks went. So I have never in my entire fantasy career, or in his entire career, I guess, because he's more re- he started his career more recently than I started playing fantasy. I have never had Travis Kelsey on a fantasy team. And even though I said that I fear him getting injured this year, I decided to take the risk and draft him in the second round this year. When I could have drafted a top wide receiver, I ended up making him my wide receiver one, essentially. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a great first week. He got me 26 points. He got a very early touchdown. Uh, He was Travis Kelsey as usual. He was making the same plays, making the same moves, same cuts that I've always seen him make. And he was getting into the end zone. So I'm happy with that. Bobby is very unhappy with that. Uh, So he was my second round pick. My first round pick, I got Joe Mixon. So I was, it's a 12-team league that we have. I was 10th of twelve. And so I got Mixon at the end of the first round, and then I got Kelsey near the beginning of the second. I was happy with that. I was worried about what my wide receiver options would be. I end up getting T. Higgins and Allen Robinson, uh, who obviously underperformed this week, one of them due to injury. Uh, But we'll see. We'll see how it goes for them. I have other wide receivers uh, like Christian Kirk, uh, DJ Chark, Brandon Cooks, who all had good weeks. We will see how things go for them throughout the year. My other running back, as I mentioned, is David Montgomery, who had a disappointing outing. My quarterback was Kyler Murray, who ended up mostly in garbage time, getting me 20.62 points. Kirk Cousins, as we mentioned, was my backup, and uh, he got 19. He was outscoring Murray most of the game, or most of the week, I should say, and then Murray pulled ahead at the very end, and it's basically a wash at that point, although uh, enough of a difference that I would have lost if I had Cousins in the game instead of Kyler. So, yeah, so that's my team, broadly. I have Buffalo's defense as well, I should say. Uh, So for a 12-team league, I mean... My running back depth after the two running backs is a little shoddy. I have Miles Sanders from the Eagles, and that's it in terms of running backs. Um, I have Jeff Wilson for the Niners. He might get more touches now as long as Elijah Mitchell's out. But, yeah, I'm a little concerned about the running backs, but I'm pretty happy with that team overall. I think Kelsey's probably going to be a difference maker for me as long as he stays healthy.
3: Yeah, did you guys see uh, the the highest scorer in our league? They have uh, Justin Herbert, Michael Pittman, uh, Gabe Davis, Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson. I think they got in a really late round. Um, Javante Williams. Yeah, no, this team looks see. really good. Like, hmm. Ah, hmm. they I they wonder, got J.K. Dobbins on the be? bench. So whenever he comes back, Damn. like that, that's gonna be some really good depth. Yeah, this team looks really good. Who, whose team is that? Oh, it's my team. Yeah, my team. Was, my team did pretty good. Anyway, good for you.
1: Good for <laughs> you. All I know is how, if I was playing almost anyone else in the league, I would have won. But, you know, Nick and I had the highest scoring game of the of the week by a, a good amount as far mm-hmm. as both teams. And, uh, yeah, I lost by less than one point. You lost
0: by .9 points.
1: .9. And it came down. When's that stat <laughs> correction and coming? And it came down to Mike Evans, and he almost got me the win, but he was a yard short or a catch short. And that was absolutely brutal
0: yeah i brought i brought up the idea what if he gets a catch and loses a yard and then we tie that would have been hilarious that would have been
1: really funny but i
0: could have totally seen it happening too just like a check down that failed but yeah it did not happen or a screen that failed but yeah i like the way things turned out i was very nervous that whole fourth quarter because i think he got the touchdown near the end of the third
1: he did and i was and i said i'm like i I, it's very realistic yes we were talking on voice chat that he does not get a catch the rest of the game yeah because the bucks were were ahead and they were yeah, the the Cowboys were not doing anything. The Bucs were just going to run the ball. So I kind of just accepted defeat, and if it happened, it happened. Uh, Brady tried to throw to him one more time, and it was picked on third down. Oh, that scared um, me so much. Yeah, he essentially threw it at his knees, but mm-hmm. still got picked. But look, I'm I'm pretty optimistic as to how my team is looking. I, I did have Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell so um, I have to replace him, but I think... Uh, James Robinson looked like he's still kind of their back instead of ETN, so hopefully mm. I can kinda just insert him into the lineup and he's okay. Yeah. Um so we'll see. I'm optimistic even though I lost, but that's a that was a brutal loss.
0: Yeah, I, I feel I do genuinely feel sorry for you. As much shit as I talk. I've been on the other end of losses like that before. It is not fun. It is like you start overanalyzing every single thing you could and definitely to get even just one more point and yeah, I started looking at like again, like I just realized if I put Cousins in, who I was like, damn, why didn't I put Cousins in the entire game? Then I'm like, if if I didn't if I put him in, I would have lost. Although I will say, brief humble brag, uh the Yahoo uh report card predicted that I would go thirteen and one on the season. And the only week I was projected to lose is this week. So fourteen and no question mark? We'll see. I mean Nick, pretty good.
1: N- Nick Big Head, we'll see. see. I'll believe it. We'll see. see it.
3: I mean, uh, you're not the highest scorer, but I mean, uh, we'll yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right, Jay.
2: Yeah, um yeah, I mean I think my team is, is solid. Uh I did I won this week, which was cool. Uh I won in both my leagues actually. So that was that was fun. Um my team has Lamar Jackson at quarterback, uh Chase and uh Jamar Chase at wide receiver one and DJ Moore at wide receiver two, DeAndre Swift running back one, uh Chase Edmonds at running back two, and then um kind of the rest of the spots. Uh, this last week was Darnell Mooney and Rashad Penny, but uh, I think I might be switching it up for our flex positions next week. Oh, and Darren Waller at tight end. So, I mean, I think I have a pretty solid team. I don't think it's uh, Arcadia levels of, uh, of, of point scoring, but um, I think any given week I feel pr- pretty confident about it. Um, and from where I was in the draft, I think I did pretty well. Um, I think uh, it will be interesting to see how it shakes out with my running back room because uh, there's definitely some weeks where um, they will be stronger than other other weeks. So it uh, really depends. And and I think if uh, a running back emerges on the waiver wire, I might try to go snag them.
1: I'm happy with A.J. Brown being such a dominant yeah. factor in that game. I mean, it was against the Lions, so I'm not particularly happy. But um, I have Hurts and I have Brown. I have that combo. So if that continues to be like it did in the first game, I'm happy.
0: That's a good stack. Yeah. Yeah, that is not bad at all. Not bad whatsoever. I've looked ahead to week two. None of us are playing each other week two. But as the season progresses, we will report on that as it happens. Every single time, of course. Because bragging rights. It's fun to talk shit. But yeah, we will see how next week goes for us against our respective opponents in fantasy. Uh, I think we all seem fairly happy with our teams so far. I'm sure things will happen that will make us less happy with our teams as we go. Oh, yeah. But... A pretty decent start for all of us, Uh, a rough start for Bobby, but you still scored very well, so at least you can hold your head high as far as that goes.
1: Yeah, I'm not disappointed by the, you know, I'm disappointed by the result, but not by the points, so you know what, if that continues, I think I'll be okay.
0: okay. Okay, so I think that will do it for fantasy. We can move on to fourth down now, which is our previews for next week. So we have the list of the primetime games here. I think the big one, the big, big one is this Thursday as the Chiefs play the Chargers, they always play each other very early in the year. This is uh this is this year's version. Of that it is the Chiefs home opener on Thursday night. You can easily see this one going either way. I can see a blow it happening either way here. I can I expect a a high-scoring shootout that is very close. comes down right to the wire because I feel like they always go that way, but I can really see anything happening in this game and that's sort of exciting and sort of terrifying.
3: Both offenses seem pretty good.
1: Yep.
0: Both offenses do seem pretty good. I I mean I expect the honeymoon period to be over for, for one or both of these teams at some point. We'll see if we'll see if this game is when it happens. But I expect a very fun offensive game. I will not be taking. Well, I'll see what they set the over under at. But I was going to say, I will not be taking the under.
3: Yeah, no, uh, no Keenan Allen, like we mentioned, for the Chargers, most likely. Um, So maybe that swings things a little bit in the Chiefs favor. But mm-hmm. the J- Justin Herbert's so good and they've got so many weapons over there that I, I don't think they really miss a beat.
0: Yeah. I, I was going to mention uh, my other team, who I ended up losing with this week just because my opponent had a lot of really good guys, but I have Eckler on my other team, and he sort of underperformed uh, this this opening week, so maybe the loss of Keen Allen and being against the Chiefs, who historically don't have a great run defense, we'll see how their new look defense looks against them, but I feel like Eckler might have a good boom chance this this week in fantasy as if, uh, because of that. Uh, Jay has posted the, the odds here in the group chat. Let's see... So the spread is minus four uh, for the Chiefs and over under 54 and a half. I think I would take the over on that if I had to choose. That, that's pretty high. That's a high... I might take the
3: under on that. Yeah. Maybe like a 27, 24, just under.
0: It won't be too too much over, but I think I'll take the over. I could see it being in like 31, 28, 31, 27, if not more. Cardinals, uh, Sorry, the Chargers defense yeah. is
2: pretty strong. So I would take uh, the under. I don't know yeah. about putting up that many points.
0: We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to see what their last game... I know they're different, but I feel like the last game they had, which did go to overtime, I remember being very high-scoring. Uh, the game last year, uh, December 16th, 34-28 was the Chiefs' victory. That was also overtime. So it was 28-28. So in regulation, they got just over that, just over fifty-four and a half. And the one before that was 30-24. to So they get pretty close to that number, if not a little over historically, at least in terms of what last year was like. So we'll see how these new teams fare. But that is the Thursday night game on Prime Video. We're going to make our predictions.
3: Yeah, who's who's everybody taking? Oh, very right. right. We should pick.
0: I will take the Chiefs. I will take the Chargers.
1: I will also take the Chargers.
3: I don't want to take either of these teams.
1: Mm, I know. (laughs) Um, I'm going to... What's the lesser of two evils? I'm going
3: to say the Chiefs pull it out. Only because the Chargers are lacking some firepower, a just their their best weapon right now. That's... So I'm gonna say that's enough for the Chiefs to get the W here. And where's where's the game at again? It's an arrowhead. Arrowhead.
0: Yeah. That especially
3: I think I'm gonna take the Chiefs there.
0: Okay. Uh moving on. Sunday night football is uh not an enticing matchup to me. It is the Bears and the Packers. Yes. Uh...
1: I mean Probably the Packers, yeah. I guess. <laughs> it's yeah. I'm taking the Pack.
2: Aaron Rodgers owns yeah, the Bears. I'll take the Packers as uh, as Aaron Rodgers will tell you he owns the Bears. Yeah. So I don't see. A... I will also tell you Aaron
1: Rodgers owns the Bears. See the
0: <laughs> on this game. Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah let's I think see the line. is it
2: at lambo It's
0: probably. At it's at lambo so Packers minus ten. It's at Lambo
2: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no, not I'm Justin Fields underdogs. at Lambeau.
3: Yeah. That's yeah. Tough. All right. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i thought about getting cute for a second but mm. no I, i'll take the packers
0: Forty two and a half. i think i might take the under on that i could see it's, i, I could see it's being I like a 21 to 9 kind of game yeah yes yeah, something yeah, like I'll I'll that. the under on that too
3: definitely 20 to 10 something like that.
0: yeah, yeah. all right so uh, that's we'll have the packers on that on that one weird weird thing and this is apparently reported on when it got scheduled earlier in the year but we have simultaneous monday night football games happening at least partially simultaneous uh, I believe the first game, I think the one that starts first is the Titans and the Bills, which last year sounded like a much more interesting matchup than it sounds like to me right now. I think this is an easy Bills W. I agree. I mean the Titans yeah, might show know. something. They might keep yeah. it they might be a little c- competitive, but I just I'm not picking against the Bills right now. I'm not either.
3: It, I, I no, don't think I the think Titans think... can pass the ball very well
2: right yeah. now. Yeah, and I think that the Bills secondary is pretty strong too, so Yeah. Uh, I don't see how the Titans really get an offense going between the linebacking core and of the of the bills and the secondary of the bills yeah. and there's no run game there's no pass game i don't know where,
1: mm-hmm.
3: where the titans really get offense from
1: i'm never going to count out derrick henry from having a big game but i don't think it's enough i think the bills are going to dominate
3: yeah it'll be like a mike trout line like derrick yeah. henry rushes for 150 <laughs> two touchdowns and the titans lose 48 to 14 old tungsten yes. arm mcdoyle
0: exactly. uh let's see it's minus 10 for the bills over under 49 and a half i I feel like it will be close. Take the bills to cover. <laughs> I take the bills to yeah. cover. That over under is very interesting to me. I can see it being very close on either side of that. But I think I'm. I think I'll take the over. I can see the bills like winning like thirty four to twenty or something.
3: I'm gonna take the under. I think it's gonna be another game similar to last week for the Bills, where it's like thirty one to 14, 31 to ten.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be. I think it'll be fairly close on either end. We'll just see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the every Monday Night Football game, actually kind of an interesting one, is the Vikings and the Eagles, two teams who had good week one showings. Um, I mean, I don't know either of these teams that well. I haven't, like, I had the Vikings game on as the Chiefs were playing, but I was barely paying attention to it. I was mostly seeing the dysfunction of the Packers more than anything. Well, I'll let you guys talk it out, because I don't know who I would pick here.
1: Yeah, I, so <laughs> as someone who watched the Eagles pretty closely since they were playing the Lions, um, I'm going to take the Vikings in this game, because... I don't think the Lions played particularly well, and we lost by three. Yeah. Um, I think the Eagles were pretty sloppy, um, and the Vikings were a lot more sound early on. So, you know, I, I'm going to trust the more sound-looking team early in the season. So I'm going to go Vikings.
0: Where's this one at? It is it's at, uh, in, Philly. in Philly. Philly. Eagles are minus two, and over-under is right at 51.
3: So they're expecting a pretty high score game there, too.
0: Under Bobby thinks under.
3: I'm going to take the over. I think just I over. Think the Vikings, I think the Vikings are going to make a statement here. At this point, they they look like the strongest team in the NFC North coming off of that game against
0: the Packers. Well, at this point, sure. Uh, yeah. Right with all now, the evidence yeah. you have to work from.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah with, with small sample size, of course. But they, Justin Jefferson just looks
0: so good. He does. I mean, that's a very explosive offense, and like you said, if the Lions do have a couple good weapons, but if they put up 35 on the Eagles, then there's no reason to think the Vikings can't easily do the same. If everybody's cooking, which, you know, you never know, obviously. That's why you make predictions, because it's fun, but...
1: Was that intentional or not? What? Cooking. Was that intentional or not?
0: Actually not. Not this time. Okay. It was not.
1: So I was going to tell you to pull a block.
0: No. Yeah, it was actually not not an intentional joke. Um. I think uh, I I think I will put my
2: faith in my uh, Super Bowl predicting Eagles and uh, say that they will
0: pull this one through.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Another
0: one I can easily see going either way,
1: but this one could go either way. Yeah, I think it's the closest of. Uh, well, it's of
0: the four uh, mm, Chiefs Chargers is pretty
1: close. Well, no, Chiefs char- is Chiefs Chargers than this I think, but it's yeah. it's closer yeah. than the Packers and the Bills.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go Vikings.
2: Yeah.
1: Me too. All
2: right, we'll see how it
1: goes. Do you want to recap of all of our picks real fast?
0: Yeah, let's go ahead. So for me, I have the Chiefs over the Chargers, the Packers over the Bears, Bills over the Titans, and Vikings over the Eagles.
1: And I have the Chargers over the Chiefs, the Packers over the Bears, the Bills over the Titans, and the Vikings over the Eagles.
3: I have the Chiefs over the Chargers, the Packers over the Bears, Bills over Titans, and Vikings over Eagles. I have the
2: Chargers over... The Chiefs, the Packers over the Bears, the Bills over the Titans, and the Eagles over the Vikings. Cool. Arcadia and I are identical once again.
0: Uh, I'm taking risks. Hopefully it'll play off. Yeah, it's too early. Every every team's too much of a question mark in their own way it's at this point. So yeah, those are our previews for week two. We will be back after week two to recap all those games and whatever else happens throughout the week. See if we get any more news happening. Yeah, looking forward to more Red
2: Zone and and Prime. I think we'll we might have a, a review of Prime videos first NFL broadcast. Yeah, we'll see. I'm uh, curious. Yeah, yeah, we'll see
0: how the production on that is. I could, I could. I mean, <laughs> speaking of things, I could see going either way. I could very easily with the money they could put into this, I could see it being fantastic production wise, and I could be it. I could see it feeling a little bit amateur because I don't know if that team has done their own like their whole production for for a tv game before like they've broadcast games on thursday night before but this is them doing the whole thing for the first time i just hope the stream quality is good yeah oh, me prime too. video is not the best streaming app in my experience and i've never i've never watched anything live on there i've never watched a game on there so i don't know how the
1: stream quality usually is did they have anything last year i think they saw yeah, i think no, they simulcast not, thursday night they had
3: simulcast yeah okay with their own commentary like team maybe
1: I, I feel yeah. like I watched one game last year and I don't particularly, like I don't remember how it went, but I think I did and it was okay at least.
2: Yeah. So they used to have Thursday night football on Twitch. Uh, and when they had Thursday night, uh, night football yeah. on Twitch, they would also do it on prime video. And okay. they had the standard broadcast booth or you, there was an Amazon broadcast booth as well, but okay. nobody ever listened to the Amazon feed. Everyone would only listen to the, the, the normal commentary for the Thursday night game. Um, so Uh, And then I did, I did watch them in the preseason and there's a lot of Amazon uh, logos and uh, like Amazon branding and prime video branding all over the place. So we will see how it looks. Um, I think it'll be a little different than what we're used to with uh, the major broadcasters.
1: I'm curious.
0: Yeah, I have honestly thinking about it. I've never heard Kirk Herbstreet call a game. Because I don't watch college football hardly, really? hardly at all. I'm sure. Oh. I'm sure yeah. I watched maybe one or two national title games, and I would assume he would have been on the call for them. But he's
1: he's good. I mean, he. I feel like he's struggled a bit in the past couple years, like just with um. I don't know if it's health or what, but he's had some like brain farts a, a few times. Mm. Um, but he's usually pretty good. Like I, I enjoy listening to him.
3: He would call the games in the NCAA football. The video yeah, games. Like the video game.
0: Yeah. Yep. yeah Yeah. Get another one of those next year, baby. Can't wait. We'll see. We'll see how Al Michaels likes Kirk Street Cause he's the kind of guy that I feel like if he has too much contempt for him, I will be able to tell almost immediately. Cause I can always yes. tell when Al's cranky. Um, and he's also only had two commentary partners for the last like twenty five years. So we'll see. We'll see how they get along. That might be the most interesting part of me. Is like late seventies Al Michaels, who might be half asleep and might not want to be there doing doing the call for these games. That sounds like it could be recipe for Fun or disaster or both, honestly. So that's kind of exciting.
1: I mean, if it's if it's disaster, it's still fun.
0: Yes, exactly. Unless the game itself is terrible, which this game I don't expect to be. I haven't seen what the slate for Thursday Night Football is. Usually it's like the dumping ground of games just to give lesser teams primetime slots. I haven't seen if they tried to bolster it too much this year. Like the first game or two is always going to be big. And then the last game or two they'll usually
1: make. Do you want me to run through them? Yeah, let's do that real quick. We have, after this next week, which is Chargers-Chiefs, we have Steelers-Browns. Okay. Dolphin, uh, yeah.
0: Dolphins.
1: Yeah. Dolphins-Bengals. Not bad. Which could be good. That's all. That's I, all right. I, I don't mind that. Colts-Broncos, which, again, yeah. could be solid. That's all right. Uh, Commanders-Bears.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, yikes.
1: <laughs> Saints-Cardinals. Not
3: bad. That's okay.
1: Ravens-Bucks. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Eagles-Texans. Yeah
3: yeah it's kind yeah. of
2: one-sided yeah it will yep. be a little one-sided
1: Falcons Panthers which just sounds boring yeah oh
2: yeah. that well, one's gonna you. be
3: rough uh
1: Titans Packers could be okay
3: mm.
0: yuck yeah I don't think it'll be fun to watch but it might be close
1: yep Bill's Patriots division but Bills should dominate yeah uh Raiders Rams could, could be good Ooh. Uh, that's week fourteen
0: or the the Rams will play the Chiefs and the Raiders I should say the Rams play the Chiefs on Thanksgiving okay. Sunday. Gotcha.
1: Uh 49ers Seahawks, Mm. which eh. Never know. Seahawks might be good.
0: They might be good, folks.
1: Ooh. I think I found the worst one.
0: Oh, let me guess. Let me just let me just try and pluck two teams out of here. Uh it's gonna be the Giants versus It's, It's AFC. AFC. The the Jets. The
1: Jets and the You got one.
0: Jaguars? Yes. Yep. Okay. Oh no! I was Jets. gonna guess Texans again, but they just had a game.
1: Yep. So yeah, Jets, Jags, week sixteen. Oof. Uh, week Zach seventeen Wilson versus
3: uh, Trevor Lawrence there. Hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Titans have two. Didn't I already mention them? It's Cowboys, Titans, uh, week seventeen. Well, yeah. The they Titans were the number one two. seed
3: in the AFC last yeah.
0: year.
1: Yeah. And then the last one of the year is uh, there is none listed there no, so week that's 18. okay so no yep.
0: uh no monday no thursday for the last week
1: because yep.
0: there's never yeah. Monday that football in the last week of the regular season so there you go so that's not that's that, feels like better it's than not thursday a bad lineup it's
1: it's better than usual mm-hmm. there's some yeah. st- some stinkers in there but there's always stinkers in prime time yeah. so it's not not that bad yeah and it's
0: again better than usual so that's all i can honestly We're gonna ask have for. a fun time picking jags jets oh man week yeah. 16 yeah that's going to be great <laughs> I'm dying to see what the records are going to be in week 16. But we have a lot of a lot of ground to make up before we get there. We got to get through week two first, which is what we'll be recapping next week on 4th Infinity. So I think, unless you guys have anything else, that'll do it for us.
2: Yep, looking forward to the Seattle game next week.
0: You're going to that game next week? No, no. I'll, I'm probably going to go to the Rams 49ers game. Oh, that's right. That's it. right. I'm, I knew you said you were going to fun? a game. I just didn't know how soon. So there we go. Jay will give his in-person recap on the Rams 49ers game. Uh, when that happens. But yeah, I think that'll do it for us, folks. We made it through our first proper week. This is what the format of all of our episodes are going to be like. Uh, Some weeks you might have less to say about games and more about news, just depends on how things happen. You never know what's going to happen. So week to week, it'll be fun to see how things develop for the show and how things develop in the league. Because like I said many times throughout this episode, it's week one, a lot of things could change. I expect most things to change for, for various teams in one way or another. Um, what we see now is not what we will see at the teams at the beginning of January when it's time for the playoffs. So that'll be fun. But as for now, we're going to call it quits for week one, and we will look forward to week two. I will put everybody's socials down in the description below, and that will do it for us. So we will see you next week for week two. Where's the stop recording button, stupid fucking mouse? Keep that in.